we're back. Another episode of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. All right. How you doing, Nesbitt? I'm doing good. Great. Uh, we're back today to finish up an episode on Adrian. Part two of Adrian Frederick Smith. Part two. Uh, it's interesting. It's actually got a different vibe um, than when we did like Yannick or I feel like we've done Blaze, but I don't think we have. And, you know, because there's no contention per se, it's factual about him being in the band and when he was out of the band, what he's doing. We left it on a bit of a cliffhanger, which why he leaves and how he leaves and things like that, which we'll get into shortly. Um, but really, there's not, there's nothing to debate about Adrian's greatness in the band. If you love Maiden, you love Adrian. Yeah, exactly. No ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah. That's like not liking Steve Harris yeah. and being a Maiden fan. You're like, well, you can't really. <laughs> no, actually, if you call in and you're like, you know, no prayer, fear, you know. Although, uh, you know what? If you, Those are your favorite four and everything else I'll do sucks. A, I'll do a 180 yeah. on that. You can hate Steve Harris and still love Maiden because I'm not a big fan of a lot of people whose bands I love. I'm yeah. a big Kiss fan. I think that yeah. like Gene Simmons is a complete moron. Fair but it has nothing to do with my enjoyment of the demon. Yeah. I separate the demon from the, in the, the man last, behind the demon. In the last episode, though, when he kind of called out Paul, you know, you said there was a story about him being a Maiden fan and taking the shirt. Yeah. I don't know. Kind of like Simmons a little more now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, part, maybe... part of it, too, the Gene Simmons is like a shtick, right? Like, yeah. he is a bit of a jerk, you know. Yeah. But that's part of its. I don't know. And also, one thing about Kiss that you must hate, even though you love the gaminess in the show, he always talks about Kiss like a brand, and you hate that. I do. I hate people talking yeah. about bands and people about yeah. brands. I always I know. But like, he always yeah. does. He's like, yeah. I'm always like, what's brand, Josh? And then you're like, oh, stop saying <laughs> yeah. that. And I only say it to The that. talking mean brand. Talking mean brand. <laughs> All right, before we get going back on Adrian, we got this beer. I'm pumped about this. Yeah, I brought that we, one back from Nova Scotia. Yeah, from Wander River Farms and Brewery. It's the Seeing Double. Okay, that's pretty good. At high percentage. Yeah, that's a double entendre there, because <laughs> it's a double IPA, eight percent. Okay. Citra hops. You know they're my favorite. Oh, that's your favorite. I know. I saw that on the shelf, and I was like, I'll grab one of these. Oh my god, this episode's gonna get sloppy. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. Oh, yeah. Now we're talking. This is uh, 500 mils, too, but it's a uh, it's double IPA. So we should be all right. Yeah, I'm uh, wow. super anxious to taste this one. Yeah. We're going to get you going there. I don't know, man. Maybe, I don't know if we should... Uh, drink too much of that now you got a lot of talking to do that's true oh man <laughs> I'll just fill, uh, if we get too sloppy drunk we'll uh, yeah we'll just fill the fill the void with like clips of adrian playing guitar <laughs> oh interesting not as citron really as i would have thought very different than what i was expecting the hops don't pop well i think they totally do do you oh do yeah you? it's super balanced it's not like over the top maybe that's what i'm used to over hopped beers Oh, that's good. That's, that's so good. bitter on the tongue. Isn't that awesome? It's got a weird carbonation to it. Oh, yeah. It's almost as flat. Yeah. No, it's pretty good. That's, good. that's a good beer. When I'm describing it, it sounds negative. This is awesome. Yeah. But you know what? That's dangerous. It's got a really good uh, bitterness when it's after, like aftertaste after you swallow. Yeah. That's a delicious beer. It doesn't It doesn't taste uh, like an 8%. The other thing is... Oh, no. It doesn't at all. Do you know what hits me right off? I know this is going to sound totally weird. But 
Oh man, have you put spice in this? What do you mean Thumb spice? Hot? What hot? Yeah, like I've been uh, like a mulled do... wine kind of thing. No, you mean? like uh, a pepper. Oh, you know, like sort of with a pepper. It's it's just totally missing that that spice. Like you it's think? just yeah. I don't know. I think it's delicious. As is crafted and bottled in Ashdale, Nova Scotia. So mm. this is excellent. Yeah, that's delicious. Mm. I don't know much about these guys. It says 186 acres. The farm features a microbrewery, cidery, retail shop, hop yards, rows of lavender, lush gardens, Hans County's tallest waterfall, and seasonal livestock. So it's a farm that has a microbrewery on it. Oh, God. Anyway, this is delicious. That's They're living cool. our dream. I know. Nova Scotia, man, and New Brunswick, and pretty much everywhere except for here. I know. <laughs> Exploding with, like, microbreweries. I know. Although we're, we're coming around now. I think in the next year or two, we're supposed to get a whole bunch open. There's a bunch, like, on the verge of opening. Oh, wow. That's delicious. You know you don't have a good brewery industry until some are going bankrupt. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. everything that opens here, it succeeds. because That's true. Every crap. brewery that opens here? Yeah. Instantly like, wow. sold out, and, like, you yeah. just, they just can't keep up with demand. So. Like, wow. I'm like, well, great. We're far from uh, hitting saturation. Someone described one of our local beers, which I won't bring up but they, they call it like posh Budweiser basically it's just expensive Budweiser is it in a blue bottle perhaps <laughs> yeah I know exactly the beer you're talking yeah. about yeah so this mm. beer is delicious wow I was talking to Josh before we start recording we agreed to uh, reinstate the Leafs minute for I just need 30 seconds so you have okay I was going to say you have 60 seconds to talk 60, about the Leafs 60 seconds starting now I just want to talk about the Leafs for a minute we've started off we're 6-1 and one on fire everything i've been saying remember what's my wi-fi password leafs cup 2019 that's this year okay i said that what two three years ago yep. i've been saying this is the year for cup we're six and one we're the top team in the league or stars are on fire i'm not saying we're gonna win a cup but i am saying we're contending we're in the window and we're gonna go deep we're gonna go deep this year i'm feeling really good anyway that's yeah. all i want to say that's, well that's why i'm happy okay you want yeah, to well, get it on record in case they win a cup. You can be like, I told you two, three no, years I, ago. I don't care. I mean, I, <laughs> I know. And it, we're winning a cup in the next five years. And I know I got a few hockey fans out there who are going to come at me hard on this one. Eat it. We're winning. Yeah. We're I know. I always get all the uh, Maiden emails and Josh gets all the uh, oh, hockey I reply emails. Yeah. <laughs> we get an email about Maiden and I like reply to someone. Yeah. Uh, we get an email about like Bruce Dickinson. I reply. We get an email about Blaze. <laughs> I reply. An email about the generally about the podcast. I reply. Email about hockey comes back and Josh like whips an email back right away. <laughs> right away. Right away. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. the talkingmaiden at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with us. And it goes to both me and Josh. Yeah. So usually it sits there for a couple hours until one of us like reads it. And I usually yeah. respond within a day or two, depending. Yeah, you're good at it. Yeah. I, I try to be. I weigh in every now and then. If you write a good email, you get a double reply. So maiden news for this week. Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention is I'm wearing my... Iron Maiden fan club renewal shirt. So every year that you're in the fan club, they send you a t-shirt when you renew your membership. Yeah. This one showed up in the mail. It's an okay shirt. I like it. It has the uh, Book of Souls, Eddie, on it. But I'm like, they just came off the Legacy of the Beast, which has such great art and graphic design. Yeah. Like, can they not throw me something from that as the fan club shirt? This is like a three-year-old graphic from... You know what I mean? Yeah, and it doesn't even look like an official shirt. It's got kind of funny, you know, the printing doesn't even look right. Yeah, well, it, it says Iron Maiden FC on the top. Yeah. Do you know what it reminds me of? Remember when we, we went to see Book of Souls? I bought, like, a, a shirt on the street one night. You didn't I, buy one after. We saw them you were going to. No, I got it. Oh, did you buy one? Yeah. It has the circle. 
No. It has the Legacy a... of the Beast in the circle and says... No, I'm, I'm, okay, well, it's a different I've got one. three or four. I got it okay. downstairs. I was actually looking at it the other day. Because there was one that came out when he had five. Remember? He's like, made in shirts five pounds. And just had that Legacy of the Beast beast head. No, that's it, the Legacy. I'm talking about when we were in Toronto. Oh, the Book of Souls, ago. you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I bought one yeah. of the knockoff shirts because, yeah. remember, I was frustrated because the shirts they I didn't have were in my size. size. Yeah. Now, and I bought, like, the Made in Hockey shirt and there's some other stuff I bought. I bought, I bought like, three or four shirts. Anyway, um, it looks like that one. And I hate that shirt. Yeah. So I think I just, I think I binned it recently. I'm not oh, sure. did you? I might have, or I gave it to my nephew or something. But um, uh, yeah, I was pretty disappointed when I opened it. I was expecting yeah. like the stained glass or that Icarus art or some of that new art that they had on the shirts. Yeah. But yeah. I'm still disappointed. We, we we haven't done book sales, but I'm still disappointed that the gatefold in the album, that awesome temple. Is, yeah. I've never seen it anywhere except in the gatefold. I have it as the background of my computer. Yeah, I know. I still the exact did. one you're talking about. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway. So that's, yeah, the shirt's a little bit disappointing. I actually ordered uh, a new Maiden shirt. Oh, did you? You're going to see it. I'll bring it up when I wear it in the podcast, but it's pretty cool. Oh, cool. I uh, also ordered that. Remember I told you I pre-ordered that Martin Popoff, the new Iron Maiden album by album? The new book. Book? Yeah. I got a notification from Amazon that it shipped. And uh, because I'm an idiot, I I ordered two by mistake. So I had two in my... Because I think I added it to my cart when it first got announced. Yeah. And then, like, later when I went to pre-order it, I went and added it to my cart and paid. Yeah. And there's some other things in my cart. Anyway, I have two coming, so you can have one of the Martin Popoff books when they come. Okay, yeah, because I've got, I think I've got a pre-order. Oh, do you? Yeah, okay. but I haven't I haven't shipped, or I've got it on my wish list. Okay, well, take it off your wish list, because I'm okay. going to have an extra. Well, I haven't paid for it. Okay. Well, there you go. You know, with the prime though, sometimes you don't know; it just shows up in your BZ. Okay. Well, figure it out. If we end up with an extra one, I'll do a, oh, okay, cool. a contest giveaway. Contest giveaway. <laughs> yeah. The only other maiden news that I yeah. want to get into now is, I sent you that link about these. They're re-releasing all the classic albums, all the sixteen albums. Is it the digipack? And the digipacks or... yeah. in CD. So it's the studio collection. It's a remastered digipack CDs. It says the track listing matching the original UK releases, which means like Maiden, Iron Maiden's not going to have Sanctuary on it. Number of the Beast won't have Total Eclipse. Uh, what else? Killers won't have Twilight Zone because it's the original UK releases that they're matching up. Yeah. Which is fine because I don't really, I don't really care that much about getting these like bonus CDs and stuff. They're yeah. cool to have, but I already have versions of a lot of that, so yeah. they, I don't really need it again. Steve Harris said, we wanted to revisit these for a long time and was delighted with the remastering we did in 2015. I thought it was the best that our albums have ever sounded, and it was only a rate that we made them available on CD now, too. So I assume that these were going to be coming from the... In 2015, they did this uh, Mastered for iTunes versions. But then I read on IronMaiden.com, it says, the recordings are taken from the same remasters as the 2015 high-res digital releases. Maiden released these, like, FLAC files that are, like, high-res audio. Yeah. So I have those headphones, and I have the Maiden audio app on my phone, and you can listen to these, like, high-res Maiden audio files. So I think that it's those that they're using as the source Okay, so the I'm, CDs. Well, well, CDs are still compressed to a point, right? It's the mastering is what is the, where the, the compression comes in, where it kind of yeah. ruins the sound. It's not the actual compressing the... F- file a lot of people complain because a lot of the maiden releases are like mastered really loud which means they like compress the tracks like crazy yeah and like compression i do it on our podcast before i release it 
because sometimes you'll be sitting farther away from your mic than I'm sitting from mine, and I'll be louder, or you'll be louder. Yeah. And like if you compress it, it kind of brings the low up, and brings like the the loud part down a bit. Yes. But when you do that, you lose some sound quality. I was reading, so I started reading all about this, trying to figure out what was going on with these releases. There's a web, a website. I'm trying to remember what it's called. It's a dynamic range database. I can't remember what the what the URL is. They rate things out of like 14, and the lower the number, the less dynamic range it has, which is like the difference between like the louds and the softs. And uh, black files are a DR of six, which is not very good. Like the the 2014 vinyl reissues, they were like a 13 out of 14 or 14 out of 14. So they're like that's like really amazing sounding and sound yeah. quality. I was reading a bunch of stuff on sound forums about this, and I sent you a link about like explaining how everything's mastered so loud now and you lose a lot of the dynamics. Yeah, and it's because people respond positively to it, right? Right. Because people like it. If you if you play a song like on the radio, if you get rid of the quiet parts and the loud parts and just make it all kind of really loud, yeah, it like kind of jumps out at you more. Yeah. But it's kind of annoying after a while to listen to. It's like tiring on the ears. Yeah. But uh, so I'm not sure what these are going to sound like. I'm going to have to wait till they come out. So when when you say when they come out, they're actually selling these as physical CDs. Yeah, they're coming and then out. To, to throw back the flax that were released before. Yeah. How were they released? They're released as a download. HDtracks.com is a website that I think I got mine from. I think. I can't remember the exact yeah. URL. And were they free or did you have to buy them? No, you had to buy them. Yeah. And I didn't buy them all. I bought like, I think I bought two albums just to test them. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I got these headphones. I listened to MP3s. And I listened to the FLAC files. They both sound really good through the headphones. Like the headphones, I think, make a huge difference. I don't know if there's that much difference between a FLAC file and an MP3, to be honest. Yeah. Like, to me... Well, the dif- the difference is I understand it, and correct me if I'm yeah. wrong, but a FLAC file is like a pure It's audio like a wave f- file. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a wave file that's fully stored with, uh, with uh, the whole audible human frequency. Whereas an MP3 is compressed... So not not the same compression you're talking about with the noise compression. Right. It's a digital compression to right. save space, right. which means that certain that there are certain things that are clipped, but it's really high and extreme. And then there's a certain level of sound density in the middle that's gone. Is that correct? I have no idea how. So it's it's, MP3. it's the same concept as like a JPEG compression. Exactly. If you zoom in on it. It's a little bit approximated. Right. But your eye can't tell the difference. But your eye can barely tell the difference. Right. And I think your ear can barely tell the difference. Probably. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm going to buy any of these CDs. But yeah. like something in me is like wants to buy them. I'm going to have to see how much they cost. The other thing is toys. They come. Yeah. They come. Some of them come with toys. So Number of the Beast comes with like a little Number of the Beast Eddie. And like a patch. What's the other one? Somewhere in Time. I assume that's going to have the Somewhere in Time Eddie. Fear of the Dark is going to come in a collector's, which that could be cool if it has that Fear of the Dark Eddie as a little figurine. And uh, Matter of Life and Death is coming as a collector's too, so that might have some kind of, I don't know. Did but basically, it? toys. Toys are included with toys the Digipack CDs. <laughs> yeah, because CDs, I mean, per- personally, okay, love vinyl. We're back on vinyl. Oh, yeah. Been yeah. on vinyl now for a while. Love them, even though they're cumbersome yeah. and they're difficult to store and they damage easily. Um, cassettes. I'm looking at them. I'm thinking about getting back in cassettes, especially when I look at some of my old ones. I've got all my old ones still in the shed. We listen to sometimes CDs. I see no draw. Um, I don't know. I just have like the shelf with all the maiden CDs on them. Yeah, I've got a bunch of kind of rare ones and stuff. I've got the Japanese X Factor 2 CD and the Japanese Virtual 11 2 CD. 
Yeah. And I just, I don't know. That's something, like, I still, because I have them all, I've been buying. Like, I bought uh, Matter of Life and Death. I bought, yeah. well, I bought Book of Souls in the live chapter on CD yeah. recently. I don't know if I've ever listened to this. That's not true. I did listen to them. Because I usually take the CD, stick it in my car. Yeah. And when it's in my car, it's just, well, you listen to CDs in your car sometimes. I do, but, well. Because they're just in, there, in and when you truck, get in, have, it starts playing. Yeah, but I have a six CD thing in my truck. Yeah. And I load it up. But even then, I find, like, I listen to my classic CDs, but they skip. Okay, I don't ever have that problem. You never have that problem? No. I, think it's just I take meticulous piece. care of my CDs. <laughs> yeah, you, you do, don't you? Yeah. But I mean, I'm talking about CDs that I've had for 20-something years. I've got every CD that I've ever bought. Really? And Yeah. And they're all in, like, perfect condition. Mint, mint condition. <laughs> God, you're the worst. Yeah. But the thing is, I have, like, I can put uh, SD memory cards in my car. And I have one in there that has, like, every Maiden album on it, every Soundgarden album, every Metallica mm-hmm. album. You know, you can hold thousands of songs on one of those. And that's there if I want. But if I put a CD in, for some reason, it just plays through. And it's a good way... Like, that live chapter, I probably would have never listened to. Except that I stuck it in my car. And when yeah. I get in, it pops up all the time. Yeah. And you just kind of listen to it. And it's, it's like, oh, I'm driving yeah. to work. I'm going to hear three songs. So It's funny you say that, because live chapter, I don't... You're right, I haven't. I, don't really, I haven't really listened to it much. But I love the video. Yeah. I love the MP4. I got that at work. Yeah, I wish I put a DVD of that. That would have been great. Or a Blu-ray. Yeah, and I also have. I think I have one of the concerts we went to. MP3s you shared it to me. Yeah. So I had that in my place. I've got a bunch of uh, bootlegs from the Legacy of the Beast and those shows that we saw in Toronto, Montreal, Quebec City. Yeah, we've we've got the Manchester. Yeah. That we were at. Yeah. But we should get to Adrian. Oh yeah, (laughs) we got off topic. Once we get talking about Maiden, talking Maiden. Oh man, talking Maiden. So we left off Adrian. He just finished ASAP. They came off Seventh Son. He did his ASAP album. Yeah. Bruce Dickinson was doing his Tattooed Millionaire. They're going to take three months to write songs for the new album and then record. So this would be the album that became No Prayer for the Dying. Yeah. So the plan was a long songwriting period, like three months, right? Really develop the songs, really flesh out the songs. And uh, so I got an interview with Adrian. He said, Steve Harris and Bruce Dickinson got together Wrote Tail Gunner, Run Silent, Run Deep, and Holy Smoke in one day. So they got together. They started coming up with all these ideas really quick. I guess they kind of got excited. And they, after a few weeks, they decided to get this mobile studio in and start really quickly recording. And Adrian was like, you know, he was kind of counting on this three months to really flesh out the songs. So, you know, he kind of, Adrian kind of liked the direction they were going in with the last couple albums. And Steve kind of wanted to go back to this, like, raw killer sound. Yeah, so they get this mobile studio in. They start recording right away. And Adrian's kind of like, I thought we were supposed to take three months to write these songs. Like, what's going on? Um, They actually had the studio time booked for three months later. But they canceled it because they, you know, they started writing songs really quick. And they're like, let's just bang it out really quick. And uh, so Adrian said they rehearsed Hooks in You, Holy Smoke, Public Enema Number 1, and The Assassin with him. And uh, he was like, this is a huge step backwards in, like, sound and structure of the songs. He really wanted to take more time and work on the songs. And he was like, we're going in the wrong direction with this. And if you think about it, like, from Number of the Beast to Peace of Mind, Power Slave, Somewhere in Time, and then they get into Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. And then, like, they're kind of going in this direction. And when you think about it, like, no prayer. They hit no prayer and it's just like... It's, yeah. a t- it's totally like a different, a completely different. misstep, kind of. Yeah. A lot of people say that too. They say Seven Sons were that first era of classic Maiden ended, and then yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. 
it, it's funny because the, the the summertime and the seven sun you know we broke them down you see the synth coming up and yeah. it's almost like they're out of step yeah with what's happening elsewhere so at least that's the way we broke it down you know i was yeah. eight years old then yeah and uh you know no prayer almost seems to be coming back and i always think of like uh you know run solid run deep but tail gunner and and like to me it's dis it's a disjunct album and it's kind of like almost a reach back too fast i don't know yeah that's the way i, I think about it now and like adrian adrian's all about like melody yeah his songwriting is all about melody and like his solos are all about like really planned out melody and planning yeah. out his solos and these songs like well if you look at adrian's songs yeah like can i play with madness that's like a, an Dead Adrian way. song. He had that written. He wrote that song. It was called "On the Wings of Eagles," and then it got turned into "Can I Play with Madness." But that's was that Madian's maybe catchiest song, oh, most radio there. friendly song. Other song written by Adrian, "Wasted Years," maybe yeah. Maiden's catchiest song. "Heaven Can Wait," "Stranger in a Strange Land," "Sea of Madness," "Flight of Icarus." That's maybe another contender for catchiest Maiden song. Yeah, "The Prisoner." Like all of these songs that he writes are really Ooh, kind of you know what else they're all catchy and melodic. Not only that, we're we're oversimplifying it by saying it's radio driven. They're all strong theme songs, theme driven. Yeah, right. That's Which true. is why you know he would love that 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 concept. Right? Yeah, it's true. So these new songs they're writing, they're, they're kind just... of rushing them to record them. You know, they're they're kind of like no prayers, kind of like hard rock songs yeah. almost. Which, I don't know. And I mean, if you look at the production on that ASAP album, it's kind of somewhere in time, Seventh Son. It's very much in that kind of like production. And this is going back to like a raw, rock, hard rock album sound. I can see how like, well, Steve Steve Harris said he wanted to go back to a Killers sound for this album. Okay. But I mean, No Prayer for the Dying is no Killers. <laughs> no, you know I what I mean? I was going to say, uh, a swing and a miss. Like look at Fate's Warning. The assassin bring your daughter to the slaughter and compare that to like murders in the Ruborg, yeah. Genghis Khan, Purgatory. Like, yeah. just because Bruce is kind of like singing more in a in a Paul Diano style without yeah. rasp, it doesn't. You're not going back to the killer sound. You're yeah. just kind of doing a. And it's not tough less, and gritty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't have the right yeah. feel. It's just at a step in this triarity. Yeah, like no prayer. You get that 1990 yeah. production and guitar tones. They just kind of stripped out the keyboards. You know, and the str- so the songs are not really that strong, and it does sound kind of rushed compared to Seventh Son and Somewhere in Time. And like, imagine No Prayer for the Dying or Public Enema Number One. Like, those are some pretty good songs. They're pretty good. But imagine if like Adrian and Maiden worked on them for another two months, oh, yeah. what they could have turned into. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so he kind of had a point. Like, and No Prayer for the Dying, like the longest song is Mother Russia. That's five and a half minutes, right? Yeah. Every other song is under five minutes, which is for Maiden album is kind of unusual. Like Number of the Beast had Hallowed, yeah, right, which is like an epic, a seven minutes over seven minutes. Peace of Mind had Tame a Land, that's over yeah. seven minutes. Power Slave had Ancient Mariner, which is almost fourteen yeah. minutes. Somewhere in Time had Caught Somewhere in Time, yeah, and Heaven Can Wait and Alexander the Great, which are all like over seven minutes. Alexander yeah. the Great's like eight over eight minutes, yeah. and then Seventh Son of a Seventh Son had the title track. That's all. I think it's almost 10 minutes long. So they kind of have these like long epics. Not that length means it's a good song. Like a long song doesn't mean it's epic. It's just, it seems like they had these epic ideas for songs that took a long time to express to get, you know what I mean? 
to get the epic to get the idea out because the ideas were so good, great. I don't know, like a, the complicated song ideas weren't there. I don't think, and they, or they weren't developed enough on No Prayer. They're kind of rushed to record. You know, they're they're all pretty simple songs. Other, you know, there's nothing there you'd even call epic. No, maybe Mother Russia. Yeah. So okay, Mother Russia. Actually, I have a clip of Mother Russia for when we do we No Prayer. We've this one over before, haven't we? Yeah, and I have a clip I'm going to play for you if I can just find it. Um, okay, here it is. So, I never get why everyone loves Mother Russia. I was not a huge fan of it. It's okay. But, like, everyone looks at Mother Russia like it's an epic. I know this has nothing to do with Adrian. This is just a it's side okay. rant. But everyone treats this like an epic, like to tame a land or, like, you know, Alexander the Great. But, I mean, it's totally not. It's short... It's not up to par with those songs. It only has a couple of riffs. There's that slow intro riff. There's that Russian sounding riff. There's a really good solo. The solo in it is really good. And then they go back to that Russian riff again. And I don't know. It's decent. Yeah. It's decent. I wouldn't say it's great. It's good. Not even very good, I don't think. It's like a six and a half out of ten for me. Yeah, we went into it really early. Yeah, we talked about it like a long time ago. And that's where this clip came from. I think people look at this as an epic song because you look at the short, simple songs and No Prayer, and just because this song has a bit of a production that sounds kind of like Seventh Son, they kind of, I don't know, I guess after all of listening to all the songs that came before it, this seems epic compared to those. Mm. But in the Maiden catalog, I don't think Mother Russia is epic. No. I'm going to get like total heat for this because people love Mother Russia for some reason. Oh, good. But like, Mother Russia, like this sounds like it could be on Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. So you can hear the choir, kind of those keyboards that are like sampled from a choir, kind of like Seventh Son. You know, people, I don't know. But it's, I mean, it sounds very Seventh Sonny. I don't know, I think people were kind of clamoring for that sound. So when they hear this finally at the end of the album, they're kind of like, oh, this sounds like Seventh Son, this is an epic song. But anyway, I don't get, I don't get the appeal of Mother Russia. Yeah, I don't either. But I don't know, people love it. It's a lot of people's in their top songs, they like put in their top ten and stuff. Yeah, did we? Where, where did we come? Did we break it down? I, I feel like it's something to do with Alexander the Great, but or, yeah, we just did, mentioned it in an old episode. Or, or did we just do it? Did we do it in closers? We, in closers, I think we talked yeah. about it, and we both agreed that it wasn't in our top songs or something uh, like that. I think that is where we mentioned it. Yeah. Anyway, back to Adrian. Back to Adrian. <laughs> So basically, everything we were just saying about No Prayer for the Dying yeah. is kind of what Adrian disliked about the album. Yeah. It, the songs weren't fleshed out. It was kind of rushed. He saw it as a big step backwards. Yeah. So that kind of led to him leaving the band. So there's kind of tension during that recording of the album. Had a meeting with Steve Harris. Steve Harris is like, ask him if he's 110% into it. And Adrian's like, I have to think about it. And Steve Harris is like, that's not good enough. So he was, this is another example of like, not really quit, not really fired, just kind of like. Yeah, but Steve Harris had to, had to sniff that out. Like, I mean. Oh yeah, that's true. You know, like yeah. obviously he knew that there was tension. I mean, that that yeah. might have been the. There was other things too with Adrian at the time leading up to this. Like, he always thought they were playing the songs too fast, and like kind of yeah. squeezing the life out of the songs, and you know what I mean, like rushing through them and powering through yeah. them, which he and I think he kind of felt like. Iron Maiden had turned into this big machine, and it wasn't like, yeah, like I've read things where he used to go out and sound check for like an hour before a concert, and no one else would even sound check. 
their albums mm-hmm. be in the dressing room, but he'd he'd be like really meticulous about his sound and stuff yeah. like that. And I think he kind of felt like Maiden was just like turning into this yeah. big like machine, and like now they're yeah. just gonna churn out another album. Quantity without... over quality. Yeah, exactly. And it's just yeah. like this momentum thing that he's caught up in, and I don't know. But anyway, Adrian leaves Maiden. So yeah, that's insane. Yeah. So he he leaves. So like this is going on. My understanding is he wasn't there for the recording of No Prayer. So he wrote Hooks in You. But he has a his And rehearsed yeah. it with him. Yeah. But even Hooks on You, Yannick's playing on the album. So he yeah. doesn't he's not on any of the albums. But he has a writing credit. Right? But he has a writing credit for Hooks in yeah. You. Yeah. And so he didn't record any of the guitar for the album. No. Uh, okay. Well, none of his recording yeah, is it was on the album. Production, right? Yeah. yeah it's pre. That's right. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So he leaves Maiden, he starts this band called The Untouchables. This is a song called City of Dreams. So he starts this band called The Untouchables. Um, it's kind of another solo band. He's singing. He sounds awesome on that. Yeah. Uh, Untouchables becomes Psycho Motel. So Psycho Motel actually put out albums. They actually like recorded two albums. Um, in 1995, they recorded this album called State of Mind. And uh, they had a song on it called Psycho Motel. Well, I'm not a big fan of uh, this stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad, but it's very, like, 1995. But it almost sounds like... I don't know. Yeah. It's like Skid Row mixed with... Yeah. Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi mixed Skid Row. <laughs> Which is, you know, what... Yeah. Those are the kind of things that Adrian would be into, though. But the guitar yeah. playing's great. It's Adrian. Uh, they got a new lead singer. And they put another album out two years later called Welcome to the World. And this is the title track. That sounds very like 1997 kind of oh, that's kind of jumping on the grunge band right yeah, agony type it, thing. It definitely is. It almost feels like uh, I don't know what that is, but I it's can like jumping on the on the grunge like a little after grunge was over. Yeah, I don't know. There's like there's like ten bands. Yeah, it sounds kind of dated for 1997 even. Yeah, sort of. I don't it's know. Almost like moist. Uh, 
I don't know about that. You know? But I know what you're saying. I know what you're it's saying. in that space. It's that yeah. watch music, 95, 98. Yeah, it just kind of blends in with a whole bunch the of those mo- bands yeah. that you never can quite remember the name of that were around in yeah. the 90s. All but, the people uh, that were in the aftermath of Nirvana. Was just... <laughs> yeah. So Psycho Motel opened for Maiden on the X Factor. Yeah. Which is, remember we were talking about that during the X Factor episodes, how that must have been weird for Adrian to open for his old band with his new band. So around the same time, this is, uh, I've got a bunch of clips here from Adrian that I'm just going to like, this is kind of telling you what he was up to. I'm kind of stepping through all the stuff that he did before he went back in Maiden. So around this, around the same time that the second Psycho Motel album comes out, Michael Kiske from Halloween, Halloween puts out a solo album called Instant Clarity and Adrian co-wrote two tracks and played on another one. Um, this is one of the songs that Adrian wrote for uh, Michael Kiske's solo album. That's pretty catchy, and I really like those. Uh, I really like his vocal style, and the guitar solos are great. I would love to track down that album and listen to the whole thing. I've uh, until I started reading about Adrian's kind of guitar solo guest spots and stuff that he's done. I didn't even know this album existed, but I would definitely look this up and listen to it. That sounds pretty cool. Almost deadly. Yeah, Adrian guitar solos, right? So after that, 1997. Remember, Bruce Dickinson by this point had left Maiden. Yeah, and. Uh, he does the Accident of Birth album. So Adrian teams up uh, with Bruce Dickinson again. They're together again in Bruce Dickinson's solo band. Uh, he writes two songs for Accident of Birth, Welcome to the Pit and Road to Hell. And you know the Road to Hell from... Yeah. Uh, the Sarajevo documentary. Yep. Too. Uh, I really love that Accent of Birth album. Yeah. I can't wait to do that. We're going to do all the Bruce solo albums on oh episodes. But uh, that one's going to be amazing. The Chemical Wedding and that one are just great. So speaking of yeah. the Chemical Wedding, 1998, Adrian and Bruce are still recording. Adrian's still in Bruce's band. Um, they do the Chemical Wedding, which is an insanely good solo album by Bruce Dickinson. Yeah. Uh, Adrian writes Killing Floor and Machine Men, which is two songs on it. Um I'm going to play, there's a song, The Tower, which has an awesome guitar solo by Adrian. I'm going to play that now.
I love the Chemical Wedding. Like yes. when I hear that solo, I remember how much I love that album. Yeah, it's excellent. We should do that album sooner rather than later. Yes, I just really want to cover it. It's great. Yeah, it's my favorite Bruce album. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, by far, I don't know them all. As yeah, well, but tattoo. It's the best. Kind of. Oh, yeah. the, the old tattoo. It's a big step up from Tattooed Millionaire. Yeah. Oh yeah, just slightly. So as another little bonus clip, around the same time there's an Alice Cooper tribute album, and Bruce Dickinson and Adrian do the song Black Widow. That's okay. That's just a bonus. I threw that in there because I thought it'd be fun. But uh, huh. that's Adrian and Bruce doing a Alice Cooper song. Cool. So that brings us up to 1999, and in 1999, Adrian Smith and Bruce Dickinson returned to Iron Maiden, which did is they huge. Come in the, did they come in at the same time? at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. So Bruce comes back. I'm going to get into how they came back when we do the Brave New World episode. Yeah. So I'm going to touch on it now, but I'm not going to. I don't want to get into like all the details. Yeah. But uh, Steve Harris brings Adrian back in. You get the triple axe attack, the three oh, guitar nice. assault, which is awesome. I got a quote from Adrian. He says, I don't think I would have come back in the band if they had said, if you come back, Yannick's got to go. Mm-hmm. So he didn't want to come back in the band if they're going to kick Yannick out. So it's kind of cool they did that and they end up with the three guitars again. Again, <laughs> again. Remember in the last episode, we talked that they very, yeah, very right. briefly had three very guitars. early on. Yeah. So I can't imagine how Dave Murray would have felt after all this time. Adrian, his old buddy, is back in the band again. And he gets to keep playing with Yannick, who'd been in the band with him for 10 years. Yeah. So Dave Murray... It's been 10 years. No wonder he's like smiling all the time. (laughs) He's like, my new best friend and my old best friend. (laughs) My band, finally, all together. (laughs) So this is like a golden age of Maiden, if you ask me. The six-person lineup of Maiden. Yeah. So great. So they... Get Adrian and Bruce back in the band. They keep Yannick. They do the Ed Hunter tour. Yeah. They do. They had 31 dates planned as a short tour. They pulled off 28 of them because uh, they canceled three. Dave Murray broke his little finger in one of the shows on yeah. his fret hand. So they canceled three shows. Um, and here's something funny. is So on the same tour, Adrian's father died and he missed four shows. Yeah. But they just did the shows without Adrian. When Dave Murray injures his finger, the cancel shows. So it just kind of shows how, like, Dave Murray, how important he is. Yeah. When he's injured, they can't go on. Yeah. But I think of Yannick or Adrian, they can kind of cover for each other. Yeah. But Dave has such a, like, unique role in the band. It's kind of cool. I just noticed that when I was... That's right. I was thinking about it. Yeah. So, Ed Hunter tour, get the set list. Aces High, Wrathchild, Trooper, Two Minutes to Midnight, Klansman, Wasted Years, Killers... Stranger in a Strange Land, Future Real Man on the Edge, Power Slave, Phantom of the Opera, Evil That Men Do, Fear of the Dark, Iron Maiden, and the Encore's Beast, Hallowed, and Run to the Hills. God, why didn't they play any good songs? <laughs> I know. So they, and then they get back after this tour, they, get, they go to the studio, they start yeah. writing for Brave New World. The very first song they write after they all get back together, The Wicker Man. 
So that's one of my favorite Adrian solos from the new era. And this is what I'm talking about. He comes back in Maiden. His solos are better than ever. And this is one of those solos. We always talk about how Adrian's solos bring the song up a, le- a level. Yeah. If you took that solo to the Wicker Man. Yeah, you got no song. Yeah, it's it's really half the song. But you wonder though. That makes ra- the song so great. When he's writing the song, is he like teeing himself up for like a deadly solo? <laughs> he's like, I'll show you guys. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll show write, you like, guys. The best album opener that we've ever done. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it was number one for me. I think we did openers. Was I think it? it might have been number one or two. Or it was three. one or two for both of us. I, I remember, remember on the openers. It was really high on both of ours when we did the album. The openers and closers, those were in our first ten episodes, weren't it? Uh, was like it was, they were really early, yeah. We were so young. I'd love to revisit those again. Yeah. But well, I'm sure my list wouldn't change that much. Or but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Awesome, awesome album. I can't wait to do it. Brave New World. Yeah. So he, yeah, he comes back. He writes The Wicker Man, Fallen Angel. Has some amazing solos. On Dance of Death. Here's a solo from Dance of Death. Uh, this is a song that I think is totally underrated. Uh, I had it in my un- most underrated Maiden songs. And I brought this so- song up a bunch of times. I love it. Yeah. Face in the Sand. I don't know why uh, people don't love that song more. It's an excellent tune. I love that song. That's like one of my favorite Maiden songs. Yeah. Top 20. Top 20? Yeah. Top 15. I should look at my list of uh, 155 Maiden songs ranked that I made. Let's see where it falls. (laughs) (laughs) Can't remember. But uh, I love that song. Uh, Other than the super loud production like we were talking about earlier, Dance of Death is like a super loud production. Yeah. Yeah. The way it's mastered is just like blast your eardrums out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Next next solo to talk about is from the title track. Oh, Dance title, of Death. Yeah, title track and, from Dance of Death. And we've had a lot of discussion about this over the years. Right. And uh, it's one of the one of our least favorite maiden songs, but yeah. I will admit that the solo in the song is amazing. And it and it steers it out of that dee 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 stuff in the middle exactly it's like yeah. it's got this kind of irish saves the song, irish yeah. jig feel to it which i can't stand yeah but then when it switches the timing switches the solo comes in it kind of saves the song not enough to make it like one of my favorite maiden songs but this solo is i'll admit the solo is amazing <laughs> That's a really good solo. And even when it comes out of that solo, it's good. The thing about that song is I don't like the, uh, that, like, the beat of the song. The galloping. That part, I don't like. Yeah. When they go into the straight up, like, 4-4 four, four beat, yeah. that, those parts of the songs I like. 
Yeah. I, I like the whole songs after that, really, you know, yeah. the, the part in the middle. Which is most and, of the and, song. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And then there's some of the lyrics, too, right? You know. But uh, same album, way better song. Yeah. Amazing solo, Passchendaele. Song written by Adrian Smith, too. such a great tune oh it's great passionate yeah. see this is one of the ones that i'm going to blast in the yeah. car when i drive home from here when we're done recording <laughs> we're done yeah uh next up we gotta we gotta do a little matter life and death oh yeah we both love that album all right yeah i love um well actually he has like i think he has six or seven solos yeah well album. on that album he wrote different world yeah. colors don't run Brighter than a Thousand Suns, Longest Day, Lord of Light. He has a yeah. lot of writing credits on that D- album. Different World is one of my favorite, but yeah. uh, let's let's tee up these colors. Don't run, also amazing. Amazing song. I love that song. I can't believe we didn't go to the uh, Matter of Life and Death tour where they did the album the, well, all the, the way through. You mean the first stage of it where they went through the whole album? Yeah. Ugh. Man, I can't believe it. I know. What a wasted opportunity. I know. We'll never get again. Never. I would love to see all those songs live. I know. And uh, my favorite song on Matter of Life and Death is The Longest Day, which yeah. I raved about when we did a Matter of Life and Death when yeah. we did that episode. That has an amazing Adrian solo, too. day i love that solo i think i spoke for like 10 minutes about that solo when we did a matter of life and death it's excellent love it no question yeah no question all right final frontier a couple of great uh solos and his songwriting on uh, final frontier too like most of the songs on there he has a writing credit yeah Um, he he didn't just come back to the band like he came back with vengeance oh yeah 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 definitely yeah and his guitar playing on final frontier is amazing yeah and there must have been a sense of like vindication. You come back and you're like, okay, while I was gone, arguably, like we often rip the two bit plays yeah. albums. But it's a low lull for Maiden. But he was gone during No Prayer of Fear, which are based on our listener feedback. In yeah. a lot of cases, people yeah. would put X Factor above them. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've heard continuously those two is at the bottom. Yeah. But so the, if you were to rank the four lowest Maiden albums, guaranteed. Well, people would put the Blaze albums, most people. Yeah, and Fear and, and, and No fear Prayer. And no of, prayer. If you were to do it statistically, the five lowest would probably include those four. That's of the people that actually yeah. give all the albums a chance. Like, there's people that stop listening 
you know, yeah. after. And we're basically wrecking that right now. Yeah. Because this, this is awesome. <laughs> All right. Final Frontier. Play the solo from uh, Starblind. Oh, Starblind. Starblind has an amazing solo. It's really cool and really unique. solo is amazing it's like adrian's solo on that is like super unique this is the album where it's like adrian really gets these prog rock guitar playing which is crazy and that solo you can really hear the contrast when dave murray comes in at the end that last part with dave murray when he comes in and how the styles are so different but they fit together so well it's awesome but this album i remember when we were talking about our favorite guitar solos on that episode i brought up isle of avalon and it's the same thing as starblind it's almost prog rock and i compared it i said the guitar in the song sounds like it could be out of a rush song it's that kind of like uh unique sounding That's yeah. I remember when we did Final Frontier. Yeah. I talked about the song too, and I was like, I think that out of every single Iron Maiden song, that is the most unique sounding solo. Yeah, by Adrian. I love the way the vocals cut back. In yeah, after that. I was just waiting for that. I know. To keep going. That's the thing. You play these clips, and then you're just dying for the next part. Like you're almost in your head. Yeah. You're singing when the vocals come in. But uh, Adrian's playing on Final Frontier. If people are not into the Final Frontier album. Really give it a chance and listen to Adrian's guitar solos because it's yeah it doesn't sound like any of the other Maiden albums. It's really if you don't unique. like Final Frontier, you don't like Maiden. Well, I don't know, but I'm saying fun. it. Okay, okay. <laughs> bring it to me. I don't care. Like it's yeah. awesome. It's an awesome album. Yeah, Book of Souls. Yeah, so Book of Souls next. Uh, Adrian, yeah, wrote the Great Unknown, River Runs Deep, Death or Glory, Tears of a Clown. He has credits on. Yeah, uh, his the, solos are great on that again. Yeah, Empire of the Clouds must have been written by Bruce. It was. Yeah, definitely. But the solo but in there the by solo Adrian. The solo in there by yeah. Adrian is awesome. Play that. Yeah. 
I don't hear that song now, too. Oh, man, so bad. I love that, too. It's funny. Uh, I was making these clips earlier today, and uh, you told me to grab Adrian Solo from Empire of the Clouds. Yeah. And I brought up and started listening to it. And I haven't listened to Empire of the Clouds in months and months and months. I haven't mm. really listened to this album that much. Um, I really got to get back into listening to Book of Souls. It's such a great album. It's so good. That's another one we'll add to the list of to do very soon. Oh we had a few people tweet us and email us asking us to do Book of Souls. Yeah. So I emailed them back saying we would do it soon. So. Wow. <laughs> we'll put that on the uh, on the list. Yeah. Um, from the same album, my favorite song on the Book of Souls is the Red and the Black, and Adrian has two solos on that album on that song. Yeah, isn't this in your top five songs? It's in my top five Iron Maiden songs. So I just love the Red and the Black. And these are both of his solos. One and then... They're not back-to-back in the song, but I just edited them to like play the first solo. And then the second solo. I'm just going to play them both. better beer oh that red and the black porter was delicious yeah so it only came here once a batch of it came in and i stocked up and bought a ton of it we drank it all i I don't think we even had any left for the podcast i think we had a drink before the pot we even had the idea to do the podcast didn't we have it in toronto though the pre-party i don't know they didn't remember no that was the 666 yeah we no, to, yeah, good. yeah, no, they released the Red and the Black during the tour, but we got it here, but we couldn't right. get it at the party. I right. remember that. Yeah. yeah. They re-released it that recently, so it might come back here again. And yeah. if it does, I'm going to go to the liquor store and buy a bunch of it again. All That's probably the best porter I've ever had. I am kind of biased because it Slightly has biased. Iron Maiden on it. It has a really cool label and has Eddie on, the, on yeah. it, so yeah. that Pretty, automatically takes thing, it up 10%. Yeah, next thing you'll be buying all of the porters built by the brewer and his solo <laughs> brewery and his other albums. Yeah. But uh, it has a really good porter. Yeah. That, was, that, was, that and Hallowood, I think, were amazing beers. Yeah. The Trooper and the 666, they're all right. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. That red and the black was great. It's an excellent, and yeah. you know what? I, I the Robinson Brewery made me appreciate the beer a lot more. That's true. That was a cool tour that we did. That was awesome. Yeah, but the um the, these clips all from the era after he's returned he comes back with a vengeance. He's awesome. Uh, it does a lot of songwriting, you know, solos of the yin yang. But um, you know, for me, what stands out? I mean, anybody that listens to this that loves Adrian, 
you can't be an Adrian the Maiden fan and not appreciate the new era. You need to. I'm going to lean into this. Like, Yeah, these post-reunion albums is some of the best Maiden. Yeah. And if people just think of the Killers to Seventh Son era Ugh. as the good Maiden. Yeah. Like, there's all this equally as good Maiden. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, these later albums are just, like, really, really, really high-quality Maiden. Yeah. Why do we do this to ourselves? Everybody does it in some way, shape, or form. Like, they, you know, there's a certain season of a show they like, or it's never going to be the same unless that sports player's on it, or I only drink this type of beer. Like, these are awesome albums. Listen to them. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. yeah. I'm assuming that if you're a big enough fan to be listening to someone talk for four hours about the X Factor like we did, that you're yeah. into all the albums. You I don't think there's anyone that only knows, like, Best of the Beast, and no. we're going to listen to Actually, us talk you know, about the X the, Factor for four hours. To that point, yeah. remember when we did Matter of Life and Death, and we did Dance of Death, yeah. I was overwhelmed by the number of people who called them their favorite albums. So, yeah, we are... But, you know, we we both have those Maiden fans in our mind. Yeah, I know, because we've spoken to people like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that's why we echo this. But I, I would say, statistically, it's a lot lower than I perceive it to be. Yeah. You know? Probably. Anyway. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome so, yeah, solos. Just awesome solos from the the second Adrian phase. So there's a couple other clips I have that I was going to play. Since we're talking about Adrian, I kind of just wanted to be complete about it. Um, there's a, after the Final Frontier album, yeah. Adrian did another solo album with this band called Primal Rock Rebellion. So this is another side project for Adrian. Um they recorded an album called Awoken Broken. February 2012 it was released. Um, here's a clip of it. This is a song called No Place Like Home. So I just played a short clip. I don't really like this album very much. Mm. I don't. That's probably. I don't know. I listened to the album a couple of times. None of this. I was trying like, which song will I pick? So I listened to it like three times through yeah. to try to pick because usually there's one song that kind of jumps out as like the one that you kind of identify with first. Yeah. But none of them really did. I was just kind of like, I don't like the sound of the singer. I don't really. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of Primal Rock Rebellion. Uh, they just put this album out. They never toured or anything. Uh, I don't know. So I just want to mention that there's a whole bunch of stuff that Adrian did outside of Maiden while he's in Maiden in this period. Um, remember Dave Colwell, who was in ASAP with him? Yeah. He had an album out in 2010. Um, Adrian Smith uh, does lead vocals and lead guitar on his solo album. Uh, this is in 2010. It's a song called Make Up Your Mind. So I think he just did that because his buddy had an album out. Yeah. He played on on it like you would if your buddy had an album out in your yeah. maiden. <laughs> that's right. If you put out a, an album, I would play Triangle. Ah, uh, that's good to know. <laughs> Another side thing that he did, he featured on this. Okay, this one just baffles me. There's some uh, singer named Kim Maisel. She's from the UK. Um, I have no idea how he ended up 
tied up with this album. Um, he was the writer, producer, guitar, bass, and backing vocals on this song called My Shoes, which I have no idea how we got wrapped up in this. solo on that he was very involved in that song on this album that's uh that's yeah. something well maybe adrian is friends with her yeah and just did it as a favor for her because they're enough. best friends they're best friends <laughs> but i have this no idea just in, yeah. talking me to broke a story adrian leaves band for best friend <laughs> for kim mazel yeah dave dave time. murray it just shattered it just shows dave crying i have no idea i didn't like google go deep dive googling and researching no. who she is or anything because i didn't really care that much <laughs> good singer but not a yeah fit no wise really yeah well, the solo fits in the song but i don't know um another thing he did in 2012 royal philharmonic orchestra plays the music of rush so that song red barchetta by rush uh they do a version of that and adrian plays a guitar solo on it So you're listening to that solo it sounds pretty good but then i'm like why 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 do this to rush songs rush songs are like orchestrated enough already hmm. and then you just lay all these instruments on the orchestra like i don't know man you're ruining rush if you ask me like i don't know yeah the thing that makes rush so great is it's such a full sound and there's three guys doing it it's a there's three people in rush and they make that super full sound and you're like, we're going to recreate it with like a huge orchestra. And I'm like, you're turning it into, it sounds like bad, yeah, you know, musical background music or something. You know what I mean? I can see people yeah. doing like the jazz hands to that last part of that solo. <laughs> jazz I'm hands. like, why, why do that to Rush? Jazz hands. So I got one last one. In 2012, he played a guitar solo on the song The Patriot by a band called Celtic Pride or Celtic Pride, which I don't know anything about. But here's a solo. One last bonus clip. Adrian back in Maiden but he's still doing these side projects all the time yeah. he's kind of got these like outlets to do stuff which is kind of cool but uh, he's still contributing to Maiden and you know it's amazing considering like you know he's 61 now you know 
2010, 2012. I mean, he's early, mid-50s. He's got a full-time job with Maiden. He's rich. But he's still like, I'll do a side project. I, mean, kind yeah, of I think he's doing what he wants to do now, right? Like, yeah. I think all Maidens are kind of just doing what they want to do. They've yeah. scaled back the touring a bit. It's not the grueling Power Slave or World Slavery Tour kind of tours. Yeah. And they're all kind of contributing and they're all... You know what I mean? I think it's just a really good... It's a very healthy setup, it seems like, in Maiden right now. That's right. So, and everyone... And, I don't know. I think it's a... We're in, like, a golden age of Maiden, and I hope we get a few more albums out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I do, too. There's uh, one more song I was going to clip. Did you ever hear of Hear and Aid? It's, like, this uh, this all-star group of, like, metal people they put together for this fundraiser thing in 1985. It has, like, uh, Ted Nugent, Yingwei Steen. Ronnie James Dio, Judas Priest, Maiden Quiet Riot, Dawkins, Motley Crue, Twisted Sister. It's like a, you know, uh, yeah. USA for Africa type thing. Yeah. But it's all metal. I was going to do a clip of it because Adrian and Dave are in the video for it in the studio. But I'm not sure if they actually play any solos or anything. I couldn't really... When you're watching the video, it shows people playing all the solos. And then you see a picture of them hanging out in the studio. So I know they're, they were there, yeah. but there wasn't anything really clippable. So I just kind of skipped over it. But I would mention that that's a uh, another. I think Adrian's maybe playing some rhythm guitar with Dave Murray on that song. But cool. There's also like 15 guitar players on that song, so you wouldn't know it. So anyway, that's pretty much wraps up everything about Adrian. Deadly. Yeah, guitar solos. Yeah. Amazing. Take most of the time Adrian solos. They take the guitar. They take the song. Yeah. Take the song to a whole nother level. Yeah. They're super memorable. Really melodic, planned out. Um, he plays that role in the band that Yannick and Dave don't really play, which yeah. is like these crafted guitar solos. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Adrian, you know, we talked about uh, his role as a guitarist. Uh, you know, we, we can contrast him to Murray. And, you know, you mentioned that Murray, you know, gets injured. They stop it. Not to make him sound less vital. He definitely takes it that, that to the next level. Has probably a bigger role than the other guitarists in songwriting. Uh, we've talked about the quality of those jingles and stuff. Yeah. We haven't really touched on his vocals. I mean, we saw it in the solo stuff. Right. It's quite a background. We know it live. Um, in terms of Maiden, he's contributed a lot there. Right. So he's only sp- sung lead on one Maiden song. It's that B-side, Reach Out. Uh, here's, here's Adrian in his only lead vocal performance on a Maiden song. So that's a really short clip because I we already yeah. played it a little while ago. Yeah. But I'm just I just played it again. That's Adrian singing lead, um, with Bruce singing background. Yeah. And a lot of times you don't realize how much Adrian singing background vocals for Bruce. So when you switch it and Bruce is singing lead, and Adrian singing background, uh, it just sounds great. So here is Bruce and Adrian singing "Wasted Years" together. So the two of them together, like his background vocals are great. And if you want to hear just Adrian's background vocals. So 
You know he's he's no Bruce, but he's legit, yeah. legit center. Yeah, but he really backs up Bruce well. Yeah, and when you see them live, a lot of times you see him step up to the mic and yeah. pay attention and lays down some background vocals, and they really yeah. always really sound really cool. Yeah, yeah, man, he's so vital to the band. Yeah, you look at what he does. I mean, there's no debate. This is not a debate about Adrian's importance. Right, he's been there for the best of Maiden. You know, with the exception is how much emphasis you put on Iron Maiden that early years. Yeah. And but he's been there for everything that's amazing with that little hiatus in the middle there, not not little in terms of time, um, for albums, um, but his contribution is just across the board, and I can understand, you know, when you put the perspective on him leaving. <clears throat> excuse, me, sorry, when you put the perspective on him leaving, and him not necessarily liking where the sound was going in Old Prayer, you can understand he's not just. You know, a guitarist who does solos. Like, he's got a vested interest in the themes and the writing. He's across the board. It's like, we all, I think we've underestimated him, if anything. Yeah. I've always taken him as this great guitarist, but he's a lot more around, you know, I'll use your word that you hate, Brand Maiden. Yeah. He's a lot more around what Maiden is and those key songs and then adding to those songs uh, with his, um, with his, with his solos and, and with his backup vocals and everything. Yeah. Just, he rounds that sound out so great. It's just this is giving me an extra appreciation yeah. for him. When we did somewhere in time, yeah. it really showed where Bruce Dickinson didn't contribute to that album at all in the sound writing, and he stepped up and he wrote like a bunch of songs on that, and a bunch of came yeah. up with a bunch of the B sides. Like he really like steps up his songwriting at that point. Yeah. And like if you look through, you know, Maiden songs, like we listed a bunch earlier, uh, a lot of the really catchy. Maiden, like what people would say are classic songs, or Adrian songs. You know what I mean? A lot of the ones yeah. that people identify first when they hear Maiden, Wasted Years, Can I Play With Madness, those kind of songs. Yeah. Like, yeah. I have a medley made. Remember when we did the Yannick episode? Yeah, you did. We did a medley of Yannick written songs. That's right. So this is some snippets. All of these songs are written by Adrian Smith, or he has a writing credit on all of these songs.
Wow. Yeah. So classics, right? Amazing. Yep. He's the, he's the man. So Adrian Smith. Adrian Smith. Vital. Deadly. Look back on this beer. Oh, that's awesome. Seeing double. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I was hearing triple. Oh yeah. With, <laughs> with guitars. Um. Yeah. Excellent beer. Adrian rocks. Adrian's awesome. Yeah. yeah. But there was no debate about that. Yeah. No, there wasn't. It wasn't like we we're trying to like prove to everyone how awesome Adrian was. No. We just kind of wanted to. We just uh, wanted to celebrate Adrian for. Yeah, me. and kind of fill in like the history yeah. behind him. Yeah, that's the yeah. cool thing is we're filling in gaps. You know, filling in the gaps over time. And, yeah. And and piecing it all together. Yeah. And these episodes are a bit long, but yeah. like me and Josh got into talking about like clips that we wanted to play of certain guitar solos. Yeah. And we're like, well, let's narrow it down to like two each. And we're like, yeah. ah, screw it, let's just let's, play all the solos we want to play. So we just kind of went. Yeah. A little nuts with the clips there in the middle, but people like the clips. Yeah. So. Actually, we, we had a few hacks at this in different ways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, it's interesting to get it right. No, that, excellent. Great work there on that, Nesbitt. I yeah. love, the, love the melody at the end. The, the melody at the end. Medley. The medley, medley. The blending of tracks. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you call it. Yeah. The, uh, the soup eclipse. The Adrian sampler. The Adrian sampler. <laughs> yeah, like Yannick. I mean, we need to, yeah. you know, the Harris one would last like an hour and a half, but anyway. Yeah. Um, deadly. Okay, we're Talking Maiden. Uh, go to TalkingMaiden.com. Uh, rate us on iTunes if you haven't yeah. already. Please do that. Um, next up, I'm not sure what we're doing I think next. Maiden Japan. Maiden Japan. We've, been, we've gotten a few requests from... Well, we've gotten a lot of requests yeah. for live albums. Yeah. And we're trying to think of what live album to do. And then someone emailed us saying to do Maiden Japan and start right at the beginning. Ooh. So, uh... Yeah, we also need to do that. Need to do a, a weed podcast. We yeah. also might get high at the, or, or do a cabin podcast as well. Yeah. Well, listen, hunting season has started. It's I got my moose license. We were supposed to go uh, this Friday when this episode comes out. We're supposed mm-hmm. to be gone to uh, central Newfoundland to go moose hunting. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's going to happen now with the weather, but... Uh, yeah, we're heading out to my cabin this time. We've never right. recorded at my cabin. Right. So another yeah. cabin podcast. So another you might get a few podcast. from uh, hunting cabins. Yeah. Central. Yeah. Central NL. Yeah. All right. Cool. TalkingMaiden.com. Go rate us. Uh, check us out there. and look forward to, to having you with us again. Yeah. Until then, up the irons and down the hops. Yeah.